Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Pediatricians around the country are voicing concern over federal and state actions that could threaten the medical rights and safety of teenagers seeking reproductive health care, including pregnancy counseling and abortion services. Welcome to Healthy Children. All of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm Melanie Cole. Joining me for this very important topic today is Dr. Elise Berlin. She's a professor in the Department of Pediatrics at the Ohio State University College of Medicine, and she's a specialist in adolescent medicine in Columbus, Ohio. She's also the co-author of the two AAP policy statements regarding protecting teens' rights to reproductive health care and right to confidential care when considering considering abortion. Dr. Berlin, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you could join us. I'd like you to jump right in here because this is something that has teens nervous, confused, parents nervous, confused, pediatricians and advocates for teen rights and trans care and LGBT community health care services in general, really up in arms because nobody's quite sure. So can you tell us about the two position statements by the AAP? What do they mean? What are they saying? So why don't you start with either one you would like and tell us a little bit about them? Well, thank you so much, Melanie. I am just so pleased to be on the show and I am really grateful to the American Academy of Pediatrics for really elevating um, the issue of adolescent reproductive health care and for having published um, these two policy statements in such a, such a timely fashion. So let's start with the um, policy statement that is called Options Counseling for the Pregnant Adolescent Patient. Now, in this policy statement, the American Academy of Pediatrics has really not changed any of its positions significantly around how it recommends pediatricians counsel their pregnant adolescent patients. You know, one of the things that we understand is that pediatricians and pediatric healthcare providers will undoubtedly come across pregnant adolescents in a variety of settings. And what we really wanted to do was to update the 2017 options counseling policy statement to reflect the contemporary um, changes in the legal and the policy climate. To that end, we really stayed right on the primary message, which is that all adolescents who are pregnant really deserve and should be offered by their pediatrician careful, thoughtful, competent, unbiased options counseling about all a young person's pregnancy options. And those options include continuing the pregnancy, option one, option two, continuing the pregnancy and having someone else parent the child. And that could be through uh, foster care arrangement, kinship care, adoption. And then number three would be to terminate the pregnancy. So those are the kind of unchanged kind of key options that are recommended in these in this policy statement. You know, what is different, Melanie, is um, kind of the legal framework that pediatricians are currently encountering and will likely continue to do so around the third option, which is how to help 
um, support and facilitate a referral to um, abortion care. So that's a new area that we really fleshed out and provided more information to pediatricians. Wow. So important. And as you know, as you were saying, there's a lot of misunderstanding. The legal jargon can be very confusing. I mean, I know a few fertility specialists that are not quite sure about what some of this legal stuff means when you're reading these bills and and listening to the media and seeing things on social media. I'd like you to touch on some of the barriers. First of all, as you're working with pediatricians all around the country, explain some of the barriers in healthcare that already exist for teens at risk, whether they're LGBT or trans community or juvenile justice and child welfare system kids, whatever, kids in the foster system, they're already facing so many barriers to access to healthcare as it is. This adds on a, a little bit more. Speak about that a little bit. Well, absolutely. So thank you so much for really highlighting the needs of a variety of youth in this country. We know that adolescents as a group are really at the highest risk of all um, folks around having an unintended or unplanned pregnancy. And the reasons are many, but really include poor access to comprehensive and evidence-based sexuality education, and also difficulty for lots of young people accessing contraceptive care. In particular, one of the challenges that your listeners will um, understand is the challenges around confidentiality. So, you know, for young people, Ideally, we'd like them to be very informed about sexual health issues, issues related to gender, issues related to consent, biology, reproduction, <laughs> all of that, contraceptive options. Um, but what we see in, the, in this country is that it's really a, a piecework approach to sexuality education. And so many young people are not familiar with the basics. Um, and then even more so, they're not really knowledgeable about how to seek and obtain contraception care that could be private and confidential for them, which is really, really important. You know, it's not just young people themselves who face kind of barriers getting information and getting into a clinical setting to access sexual and reproductive health care. It's also the care providers, including pediatricians, who really uh, face a variety of obstacles to providing um, comprehensive sexual and reproductive health care, including time for visits, concerns around confidentiality, insufficient knowledge. So, you know, you get young people who, who really have needs um, that are unmet, and you also have a, a healthcare system and pediatricians who may not be as well positioned as they'd like do a, a lot of external constraints to provide that care. Well, it's kind of a paradox now, isn't it? Because some of the states are really actually going after contraceptive services, birth control, even condoms, which gosh knows what we might see with the STIs. But now, not only are they trying to do that, but not educate the kids on these safety precautions, but also 
abortion and reproductive health care services. So it's kind of, it's a mess in my personal opinion. But Dr. Berlin, what would you like to see happen? Because I know what I'd like to see happen, but I am not a pediatrician, but I, I, I do this show with the American Academy of Pediatrics and I see how active they are right now. And I'm so proud of this organization because when we started these podcasts, it was not such a, a, a powerful word that was coming out, you know, but now it's, it's imperative that these words come out from the organizations such as the AAP. It's so important. What would you like to see happen? All right. And Melanie, before I answer this, I want to go back and talk about barriers to abortion care because I talked about the barriers to contraceptives and sex ed, but I think it's important to add on the abortion care barriers. Would that be okay? Of course. Okay. So Melanie, as we were talking about the barriers that young people have to basic education and sexual and health care, it's also important as we are in this contemporary setting with legislation, uh, Supreme Court decisions really severely limiting, penalizing, um, restricting the access to abortion care that I really wanted to take a moment and unpack what those barriers might be like for a young person who decides that um, they would like to have an abortion. So first of all, young people are less likely to be aware of a pregnancy. So they often present later than adults um, in a pregnancy and may have already missed certain cutoffs or restrictions to abortion care, such as a six-week ban. So many states are looking at these types of bans, and in particular, this would disproportionately affect young people, including adolescents, who really at this time are often unaware that they're pregnant. Secondly, because of the stigma related to abortion care, and as you mentioned, the confusion that we see right now, a lot of adolescents are going to be uncertain how they can access abortion care and who they can talk to about abortion care. We really want to position pediatricians as being a primary source for accurate health information around reproductive health, including abortion care. But young people may not be aware of where to receive this care. And I'll take it a step further. Let's imagine that they have been diagnosed with pregnancy and they've received their pregnancy options counseling and choose to terminate their pregnancy. There are a myriad of additional barriers, including uh, state legislation that requires parental notification or parental consent. And we know that although most young people will share this information about the pregnancy with their parents, that there's certainly some adolescents who are unable to do that and might face harm or other um, serious consequences for um, divulging or sharing with their parents or guardians that they're pregnant. So, you know, there's the issues around um, confidentiality. And if if a young person needs a confidential abortion care, how would they access that, especially if they had to travel out of state, miss school, etc. So if you can put yourself in a young person's shoes, you, I think it's, it's quite um, astounding, kind of the uh, obstacles they would have to overcome, not mentioning even payment for an abortion procedure if they went out of state. Um, 
and I'm going to then transition back to young people who have parents involved in their um, decision around abortion care. And there are certainly um, many, if not most, who, who will involve their parents. Um, even those folks, depending on their um, backgrounds and their life circumstances, certainly may face a lot of um, challenges obtaining abortion care. And we know that marginalized um, or historically marginalized um, groups, such as LBGTQ, plus um, youth in foster care, youth in um, juvenile detention, um, poor people, um, all kind uh, folks with disability will all be their challenges will be further amplified um, by those statuses. And um, you know, adolescents as a whole will really be challenged to um, have access to safe and legal abortion um, in the current uh, legislative and policy setting. Wow. Now I'd like you to speak about what you would like to see happen, how you would like this to play out, because I think one of the things as you talk about this lack of access and education and, and financial situation, just all of it put together really is a recipe for disaster for so many kids and will result in what I am calling forced birth. I'm not using the terms pro-life. I'm using the terms anti-choice and forced birth myself because I feel that they reflect what's going on more clearly. Yeah. Well, you know, I think what I would like to see and I think what is in the best interest of young people is really recognition that reproductive rights are human rights and that the decision to continue a pregnancy or to terminate a pregnancy um, are rights that the adolescent is entitled to and historically have been protected by our constitution. And so I think in the ideal uh, world, you know, in the ideal setting of our country, we would uh, really desire to see the um, respect for adolescents' rights to bodily autonomy and to pursue the healthcare choices with respect to their pregnancy that they are entitled to. Short of that, you know, I think there are a lot of other opportunities that we can look to uh, in the current setting. You know, I think we will look to our national medical organizations for leadership and for guidance, such as we've gotten from the American Academy of Pediatrics. But we are really going to look for the leaders um, of our medical associations, of our hospitals, to stand up to the political system, to advocate for um respect for the reproductive rights of uh, the young people and for all people, um, you know, within their constituencies and within their care. People who are seeking abortion care need access to safe and legal abortion. They need access to information about abortion. We need providers not to be afraid to provide either necessary um, actual abortion care or providing information about, you know, how to help patients and how to facilitate patients to get an abortion. Um, and then people themselves are going to need funding and the ability to travel and to be excused from work, etc., for their abortion care. So I think the wish list is quite long, unfortunately, but ultimately we want people to access the essential health care that they are entitled to by virtue of being a human being. 
100% agree. And before we wrap up, I'd like you to speak to parents now. I have a 19-year-old daughter and a 22-year-old son, and I am very communicative with these kids because I don't want them to make mistakes that they will then have to deal with and or become a parent when they're not ready. And so I'd like you to speak to parents like me, how parents and trusted adults in the lives of kids of this age group, gosh, now it's like from 10 on, can get involved and let the teens know they can help. They're willing to help. How do you want us to be speaking to our children, to their friends, to the wider community? What do you want from us? Oh my goodness, this is such a great question. So (sighs) keeping the channels of communication open, I think is the most important thing that we can do as healthcare providers and parents. I myself am a parent to an adolescent and a pre-adolescent and speaking as both a parent and as a pediatrician, you know, having our kids know that they can talk to us. No question is off limits. We will love them unconditionally and we will also get help them get the health care that they either want or need. I love that because communication is the key. But also, as I've told my kids, you can tell me anything absolutely anything. There's nothing that we cannot talk about because together we can figure out a way to deal with whatever it is. It doesn't even matter if it's addiction or if it's substance use or if it's depression or if it's a mental illness of any kind or if it's reproductive health care or pregnancy. We have to be able to talk to our children. Give us your best piece of advice as we wrap up. Dr. Berlin, this is Really a huge topic, and you and I both know this. And it's something that we have to, as mothers, as parents, as healthcare providers, try and navigate the system, but more importantly, help those at risk navigate the system as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Melanie. I think keeping the conversations open between parents and their young people, I would say don't hesitate to have your young person see a pediatrician, see an OBGYN, see a family medicine provider about getting more education and potentially assessing interest in contraception care if there's someone who has the capacity to become pregnant. And then also, I'm going to just add how important voting is right now. So, So you know, keep the conversations open, you know, see your healthcare providers when that's appropriate. And then don't forget that we're all in this together. Make your vote count, people. Thank you so much, Dr. Berlin, for joining (laughs) us today and sharing these policy statements, how important they are. Thank you again, and you're listening to Healthy Children. All of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You can listen on Spotify and iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everywhere podcasts are played. We want you to listen at radiomd.com, and please Share this show with your friends and your family on your social channels because we are learning from the experts at the AAP together. They are the gold standard. They're the ones that helped us to raise our children and raise them happy and most importantly, healthy. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Melanie Cole for Healthy Children. Stay well.